بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ جنائی از دا سیونٹینتھ آف سپٹمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ highlighting the sanctity of the holy city of Jerusalem and of course Masjid Al-Aqsa. And the last thing I mentioned was the authentic hadith in Behaki where the Prophet said, Salat in my masjid is superior by four salat in that masjid, i.e. Aqsa. And how excellent a place of prayer it is. So it's a quote uh, in terms of virtue of Masjid al-Nabi and I mentioned the, uh, what that entailed. It is also recommended to perform an Umrah when you visit Al-Aqsa. So what does that mean? You pay your visit there and you put your Ihram on there. Why? In a hadith in Abu Dawood, our beloved mother, Sayyidah Umm Salama Radiyallahu she relates that the Prophet وسلم, is reported to have said, If anyone puts on ihram for Hajj or Umrah from Masjid Al-Aqsa and then proceeds to Masjid Al-Harm, then his previous and future sins will all be forgiven or he will be guaranteed paradise. The narrator Abdullah Rahmatullah was unsure of which words were used. So this is a report. So it's quite a famous report. However, it has a weakness. So there's, it has a problem with the chain of transmission. Because it's talking about virtue, there's no problem acting, on, acting upon it. However, there's a supporting text. Though this hadith has a weakness in its chain of transmission, Imam Malik had said, Rahmatullah Yahya, related to me from a reliable source that Abdullah ibn Umar once entered Ihram at Ilya, i.e. Jerusalem. This is recorded in Imam Malik's Muwatta. So this supports that text. Why would a companion who was known to be the most firmest follower of the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, put his Ihram on in Jerusalem? So the only reason logical response to that is it must be sunnah therefore the previous report though it suffers from weakness it must be authentic in terms of supporting texts so what is the virtue you put on ikhram notice hajj or umrah and all your past and future sins are forgiven or the narrator says you are guaranteed paradise so this is something you should also strive to do it's now more difficult because obviously The blessed city is under the control of the Bani Israel again. But you can still do it. You just have to be, you know, a bit uh, more alert. Many people have done that. You'll get some strange looks by, you know, the people there. But the reward is the reward. And what could, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is that you're killed. But that's actually the best that can happen. You'll get the reward of Hajj to Qiyamah. You'll get the reward of Umrah to Qiyamah. So, you know, really we should make that intention to put the Ihram. But of course, you don't need to put the ihram on there. The reason it's a strange report is because it's not a miqat. The miqats are mentioned in the sayyih where you put on, a, put on the ihram. None of the miqats mention Jerusalem. 
So from that perspective, but you could counter that by saying it's the holy city. You went from one harem to another. So maybe there's an exception there. And so again, this is something to keep in mind. A glaring sign of the prophethood can be observed by the fact that Muslims would be persecuted and oppressed within Jerusalem and indeed Palestine. Our beloved messenger وسلم, said with regards to Palestine, they and their wives, children and servants are in ribat. They are guardians on the front line in the cause of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is recorded in Tabarai. So look how amazing this report is. When Rasulullah uttered these words, who was in charge of Palestine? Romans. Romans. So he's bypassed the fact that the Muslims have taken over. Now he's talking about our time. He's saying they and their wives, children and servants are in ribat. Ribat means they're guarding the border in the cause of Allah. And he talked about Palestine in particular. And hasn't that come true? The Bani Israel, they want every inch of that holy place. And who are the last men standing and women standing is those people there. And the Prophet was praising them because they are in the path of Allah, these people. In another report, Sayyidina Muawiyah, he relates that our beloved messenger said in praise of these souls, there is a group amongst my followers who will continue to remain on the truth. No one opposes them, will harm them until the coming of the hour. The companions asked, where will they be, Ya Rasulullah? Who are these fortunate souls that nobody can harm till Qiyamah? The Prophet said, they will be in and around Bayt al-Maqdis. They will be in and around Bayt al-Maqdis. This is recorded in Ahmad in his Muslim. So again, miracles. How did he know there's going to be problems there? And he said that these noble souls, nobody can harm them. They'll try their best like they're trying to do now. <laughs> Military might, financial oppression, etc, etc. He goes, nobody will harm them. So the Sahaba goes, who are these people? He goes, they will be in and around Bayt al-Makti. So let me give you an example so you understand what I'm talking about. There was a person and he's still there, mashallah. And he owns a, it's a basically a kind of a restaurant for want of a better word. But he's makeshift restaurant. The authorities have offered him millions. Because we will give you this, just sell up. Mm. He goes, no, I'm not selling up. Mm. So let me put that in a, set, a setting so you understand what I'm saying. The business itself is probably worth about 10 grand, 20 grand. Okay, make it 50 grand. <laughs> if somebody offers you a million pounds, you'd be a fool not to take it. Mm. They have offered him mm. and he's refusing to take it. And he goes, I will never sell this land. Mm. So, who is this person? The Prophet said, they can't, because nothing can stop them. Because they'll give their lives to that land. Put yourself in the same situation. We might have got the beards, we might have got the hats, we might have got the leather socks. We'd sell them straight away. You know, I'm talking about myself. I think, look, I'm getting blasted every other day. I can't even function in this place. Ya Allah, have mercy on me. And then, but think about that. So, who don't they deserve praise? Alas, we have reached the time in which our beloved messenger predicted. When did he, what did he say? He said, A time will come to the people when a mere space of a whip or bow 
from where Bayt al-Maqdis is visible would still be better and dearer to him than the whole world and all that it contains. Subhanallah. This is in Bayhaqi. Hagiman is Mustadrak 4-509. Sahih. Zahabi Sahih. Tabheeb number 915. Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Sahih in As-Sahiha number 2902. So in this absolutely flawless report, the Prophet sallallahu said that you will yearn, you will give the whole world and all that it contains just to have a piece of land where you can see the masjid. So hasn't that time come? Right? The land is slowly being taken. Subhanallah, we often hear of the Jewish authorities offering inordinate amount of wealth to the Palestinians to sell their dwellings in and around Masjid al-Aqsa. And these noble, brave and pure souls have refused each and every time outright. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep them steadfast and reward them most handsomely in their brave and dedicated defense of the Holy Land. I mean, think about that. So again, they're chosen people. And like I mentioned, I think off tape, whenever there is every now and again, they storm the masjid. You have tourists there. And the residents tell the tourists, keep to the site, we will deal with them. Right? So think about that. You know, they've got that mujahid spirit even to this day. Because you don't get involved. Because we will, we will deal with this. So note again, how did the Prophet know that? You know, if you look at everything he's saying, it's like, he's seeing everything. Imagine Sahaba hearing this. They, they were first thinking, it's not our land. Secondly, if it was our land, why are we now yearning for it again? So they're just passing these hadiths on. Because look, we don't know what the Prophet's saying. We will just pass it on faithfully. And they did. All of a sudden, we realize he's talking about our time. You know, subhanAllah. Indeed, it is the duty of every Muslim the world over to oversee the welfare of Masjid al-Aqsa. Where's the proof? In Abu Dawood, Ibn Majah, Ahmad Tabarani, Abu Ya'la, Sahih. Sayyidah Maymuna bin Sa'ad, she once asked, Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, informers of Bayt al-Maqdis, he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, visit it for salah. I said, if one of us cannot visit it, what should we then do? Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, if you cannot go for salah, then send some oil to be used in its lumps. For whoever gives oil to its lumps will then be as if he has offered salat within it. Mm-hmm. If you cannot go for salat, send some oil to be used in its lumps. For whoever gives oil to its lumps will be as if he has offered salat within it. Mm-hmm. So what was the Prophet telling us here? Now first of all, this was a female. It wasn't a man. Maymuna bin Sa'ad. She goes, tell us about Bait al-Maqdis. The Prophet didn't say it to her. Why do you want to know about Bait al-Maqdis? Stay in your home. Do you ibadat? He answered her. He goes, visit it for salat. Told the females, let alone men, visit it. She said, what if we can't? Now that was inspiration, I think, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She was obviously thinking about the journey. Now we can look at it from another angle. What if we can't? We were stopped by the authorities. The Prophet then said, give something, give oil. For the lumps, if you do that, it's like you've offered salat there. <laughs> Our beloved Messenger Sallallahu exhortation that assisting Masjid Al-Aqsa coming next to offering salat, they should thus not be underestimated 
And it is thus a clear indication to all believers to engage in the welfare of the glorious Han. Thus, if one becomes aware of a group of Muslims intending to go to the Holy Land, then one should quickly offer whatever financial assistance they can, so they in turn can pass it on to the relevant authorities. And every now and again you get these uh, fundraisers on the TV. It is much light up Masjid Al-Aqsa. So we should be the first right, to give towards this. And this is a command. But looking in it, at it more deeply, the Prophet was making this connected to the Masjid. That's the whole point. Even if you don't go, you should still have a connection with the Masjid. So note Masjid Al-Aqsa, obviously, we should have a great affiliation for it. So let's now mention a few blessings of the other holy city, Damascus. In Abu Dawood, Ahmad and Hakim, Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Sahih in Sahih al-Jami number 2116. Sayyidina Abu Darda, radiyallahu, in the last that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa Damascus is one of the most blessed cities of Asham. Damascus is one of the most blessed cities of Asham. So Asham is blessed. Jordan, Lebanon, Palestine, Syria. Damascus, the Prophet said, is one of the most excellent cities of that area. So he pinpointed Damascus. And what's interesting about the hadith, Abu Darda narrates it from the Prophet. Abu Darda lived in Damascus and he died in Damascus. So not the ones who narrate it, I understand it because we're not just narrating hadith to you. Why do you think I'm here? And why do you think I'm going to die here? Right? So note again, Abu Darda narrates the hadith. It appears that this city, just as Jerusalem, is another epicenter of divine blessings. How do we know? Zayd ibn Thabit radiyallahu relates that Abu Nufid Messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Tuba al-Sham, Tuba al-Sham, glad tidings to Asham, glad tidings to Asham, for the angels of Ar-Rahman have spread their wings over it. Subhanallah. For the angels of Ar-Rahman have spread their wings over it. This is in Tirmidhi, Ahmad Hakim stated Sahih to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim. Tabarani ibn Hiban Sahih Mishkat. Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Sahih in Sahih al-Jam number 3920. So let's look at this. So Sham, like I mentioned, are the four countries now. The angels have a special connection to those four countries. The angels of the most merciful have spread their wings over it. So people get confused. It goes, oh, every time I put the news on, there's an earthquake. <laughs> you know, there's trouble there. So I'm a bit confused. What, where's the... And the response is, that, that's the mercy. The Prophet wasallam he mentioned that if a, pe- uh, if a people pass away from earthquakes, it's purification. So you notice... There's now even to this day there's problems in Damascus and the city of Syria, uh, the country of Syria. But that is part of the purification because they are not doing the deeds so Allah Ta'ala intervenes. If he loves them, he will intervene. So if that is Sham, the angels of the most merciful have their wings over Sham, what did the Prophet say about Damascus? It's one of the most blessed cities of Sham. It's another epicenter. So Jerusalem is an epicenter of divine blessings and also Damascus. And Hazrat Muawiyah established the Umayyad Khalifa there. You know, it wasn't just coincidence. The kingship of Islam started there, Damascus. And also notice in the civil wars, how they were united behind Muawiyah. Hazrat Ali's forces weren't united behind him. Why? Because Muawiyah was in Sham. 
There's blessings there. Hazrat Ali was based in Kufa. So problems galore. So not even in history you can see these are the divine blessings and how many great scholars have come from these lands. SubhanAllah. It is related that Abdul Rahman ibn Yazid al-Darani, Rahmatullah he once asked the Tabi'i, Abu Salam Mamtur al-Habashi, Rahmatullah what caused you to move from Hims to Damascus? Abu Salam Rahmatullah said, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are the first Arab to have asked me this question. I have heard that blessings are doubled within it. This is the Ibn Asad. Let's look at this. So Atabi'in Abu Salam Mamtur al-Habashi, student of Asad, he's moved from Hims to Damascus. So Hims is in Syria. Damascus is in Syria, but he's moved a couple of hundred miles. So they asked him, why have you moved from Hims to Damascus? Abu Salam praised the questioner. He goes, you are the first Arab to ask this question. He goes, I have heard that blessings are doubled within Damascus. You're on double wage. So what do we do for, you know, bonus, Christmas bonus and things like that. Right? So he goes, I'm doing this for the Akhir. I'm, I'm going to Damascus. So there you go. There's one of the blessings of Damascus. When you go, imagine, you go to a masjid, any masjid. Instead of 25, 27, it's 50, 54. Think about that. Everything's doubled. Whatever you're doing, doubled. Right? He goes, why would I not want, why would I not want to come to Damascus? Those, it was a great honor for the Umayyads in taking this blessed city as their capital. There is also a report from Abu Huraira radiallahu that our beloved messenger is reported to have said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there are four cities from the cities of paradise present, present in the world. Makkah, al Madina, Bayt al-Maqdis, and Damascus. There are four cities from the cities of paradise present in this world. Makkah, al Madina, Bayt al-Maqdis, and Damascus. So now let's look at this. First, is it authentic? Hafiz al-Shawqani in his Al-Fawaid al-Majbu number 1229 and Shaykh al-Bani in his Takhrij al-Hadith Fada'il al-Sham wal-Dimishq page 36-7 he states fabricated. <laughs> so according to the scholars of hadith this has a critical weakness in the chain of transmission. So they're not saying it's weak they're saying it's not true. <laughs> Though this narration can never be attributed to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa its meaning, however, appears to be true. Because certainly Makkah must be a city of paradise. Certainly al certainly Jerusalem. And Damascus, you're thinking, well, the report you mentioned seems to indicate that as well. So the scholars say you can narrate this. If you narrate it from the Prophet, mention is fabricated. If you narrate it as a saying, inshallah, no problem. It's reached us from the, from the elders, from the seniors. So... What does that tell you? It tells you that Damascus also has a very special place. So you should also make that intention. One brother, he was so fortunate. He was going to do Hajj. And his stop-off point was Damascus. And he had no idea. So I asked him, what do you do in Damascus? He said, I went to the central masjid and I, you know, I just prayed there. And he was talking as if it was just like a normal place. Then I told him, I goes, you know, Damascus is a holy city. And he goes, Zee? And I said to him, you know, you went, and he, and he was so upset, he thought, I didn't know. I goes, well, at least you went there. But, inshallah, if things stabilize, you should also make that intention that you visit the holy city of Damascus. 
And I've been told that in the Umayyad Masjid, now think about this, where will Christ descend? Damascus. Now think about that. That's a Sayyid Hadith in Abu Dawud. Why Damascus? People even ask that question when you first hear that Hadith. Eh? Mm-hmm. Makkah, brother? No, 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 Makkah. Medina then? No. Well, going to be Jerusalem? No. So why are you questioning Damascus? Because you have no idea how holy it is. Allah Ta'ala has honored Damascus even in the future. He'll come down on the white minaret of the Grand Masjid. Mm-hmm. So Christ will come back there. Imagine, you know, what a great place for him to return. Imam Mahdi will be there as well. And he'll read one of the prayers. Because the, uh, Isa will say, you are imams of each other. But then after that, he will take control. And then Dajjal Khudafis. So Damascus and also Yahya blessed head was decapitated. And it's, they say it's in the masjid of Damascus, the grand masjid. So there's also, you know, uh, the blessed bodies of the prophets there. So Damascus is certainly a holy place. We should you know, at least make intention. Even if we can't, the intention is more important, obviously. And inshallah, the next few days, we will finally now turn to Makkah and Medina. I wanted to mention a few things about Jerusalem, first and foremost. And then, of course, a few reports with regards to the holy city of Damascus, becoming aware of how holy that city is. And inshallah, we will discuss the two great halams the next few days, inshallah. Are there any questions you like Subhanallah